who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Well, this sucks. Yeah, we are <laughs> recording remotely today. Uh, so I am in our usual recording space and Madigan is at her apartment because she has a cold. I guess the sniffles. I'm honestly, I'm very, very thankful that you're not feeling sick because the last time I was feeling well was with you. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah, no, I feel fine. Um, And, you know, I know that you got a negative COVID test. So I yes. was like, oh, well, should we record together in person? But with the holidays coming up and there just being so much going on. No, I was like, don't, Man, you don't even want the cold. Trust me. You don't even want what I'm going through. <laughs> like it's held on I to know. me for a week. And I'm like, this fucking sucks. But I'm glad that it's going away before I have to like travel for the holidays and everything. But like, yeah, you don't want this. I don't want you to have it. Anthony's family sounds like it's going to be around. Don't want them to have it. So yeah, we will sacrifice not seeing each other for a week for the sake of each other's health. And honestly, it's kind of a hidden blessing, I guess, from the pandemic that we like have this ability to go on with the show, as they say, even though, even though, even though life throws us crazy curveballs and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, silver lining, looking for that silver lining. (laughs) Always, always trying, at least. I'm doing my best these days to find those silver linings more and more. Can I say one thing really quick? Sure. I went a whole week without drinking any alcohol. Oh, look at you. Congratulations. Yeah, which I don't think I've done since I was like, before I was 21, probably, or something like that. Like, without... It is surprisingly difficult. Like, I did it... um, I did dry, like I started dry January last January Uh and did it for like two weeks. But yeah, I mean, it is actually pretty hard. I'm going to try and do dry January again this year with the exception of like, I'm trying to like put in some built in exceptions like Anthony's birthday. Right. 
and our friend Christina turns 40 this year and I'm like, I want to put in some right, like, built-in exceptions yeah. so that I feel okay about indulging on those days. But yeah, it's so nice when you can go like a little while. Your your head gets a lot more clear. I feel like, uh, I just feel like bragging about it a lot. I don't know why. Like it somehow makes me feel really superior. I'm like, huh, I haven't had wine in a week. Huh. Peasants. Look at me. <laughs> Look at how great I am. Look at how much tea I've been drinking. <laughs> You're like, am I glowing? Is my skin glowing? I feel like I should be glowing. Oh, except for totally not because I feel like I just have like permanent booger encrusted nose. Yeah, Ugh. I hear you. I hate being sick. It is the worst thing. Yeah. And you never value your health so much as whenever you're sick like you never value being able to like breathe oh my gosh and wearing a mask all day and working while having a cold is a whole another ball game like it is so uncomfortable like breathing in the hot air in your mask on your raw fucking nostril skin yeah no thank you i can't believe you're going to work oh my gosh i I missed a day i left early two days like i feel like i've barely worked this week but i can't afford not to so i'm like i'm gonna what are they i'm gonna cowboy up i'm gonna get through the day you know yeah that's Um, america for you for real push through for real um But before we hop into the stories this week, I wanted to give a big thank you to everybody who purchased merch Yes, uh, over the last week. We had a really wonderful response, uh, and we really appreciate you. Please, please, please tag us in photos. Send us photos. We want to see you wearing the merch. We would love to feature some of you on our social media. Oh, we uh, definitely will. I'm literally doing like the Jonah Hill meme where he's like... Shaking his Super hands. Excited. Like, oh my God. It makes me so excited. I'm so excited to have my own sweatshirt. Oh, I hope it comes really fast. I can't wait to wear it. It's going to be, I'm yeah. going to have to wear it like kind of on the down low. Why? Because I don't, I don't know. I know we've talked about how it's like not a big deal to wear your own merch, but like, I don't know. Oh, I do it. I do it all the time. Well, but yeah, but proudly. Like, I guess. I was just going to say, but you do it on the down low. You're like, no, I do it proudly. I'm like, well, I, I mean, Yes, it's true that like strangers don't know that that's a podcast of mine or a project of mine. But I do it when I'm hanging out with people. Like I do it hanging out with friends. You know? Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) And you shouldn't care either. I won't. So if you want our merch and you don't know where to find it, the easiest way to do that is to go to our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. There is a link in the bio that will take you to our merch page and feel free to shop around at the holiday designs or any of the other things that we have up there. There's so many options. Like there's a baby onesie. Yeah. Oh my god. I love gosh. a baby onesie. I know. And you know, um also because I've worked with this company before. Yeah. Um if you get something and there's an issue with it, maybe it didn't print correctly, reach out to their customer service. They are generally really really good about That's so being good to very, know. Yeah, responsive and replacing your items. So, um if for whatever reason you have any issues at all, just reach out to them. I've never had a bad experience yeah. with their customer service. Uh, so, yeah. That's give awesome. That a shot. Oh, and I've also been seeing people asking if they get delivered to certain countries. And I wasn't sure until I made my own purchases myself when I saw the list of other countries. And there are a select few other countries that they will ship to. Uh, so when you go through the whole checkout process, you'll be able to see if you if we are yeah. shipping to you or not. 
So yeah. Yeah. So if you if you don't want to waste your time kind of like looking through everything only to find that they're not shipping, uh, what I did when we got that question of like, do you ship to France is I just made kind of a fake order. I went and I grabbed something and I went to right. check out. And then I went to the drop down. And as long as your country is listed in that country drop down, yeah. then they do ship to your country. So if you're concerned about that, then I would suggest doing that first. Just so you don't, you know, waste your time. Yeah, kind of like, like picking things for the card or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's probably, that's the way I did it too, just to double check. But I was like, thank yeah. goodness. So, yeah, I think that's all we have to say to kind of like get this thing going. Yeah, should we, very exciting. Right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, should we get into the news? Yeah, let's uh, jump into the news. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. There's so much going on right now. Yeah, and this week has been, I feel like I say this all the time, but genuinely, I feel like the last few weeks, it's just been one of those weeks where you have something every single night, right. like after work. Uh, so I don't have a ton of notes on what is currently going on right this second while we're recording, uh, which is all of the things with the Supreme Court in and their attempt basically to overturn Roe v. Wade or, uh, or put us on that uh, path. Right. So I unfortunately don't have a lot of notes about that. I'm sure that that's a lot. Um, a lot of you would like to hear us talk about that. Uh, and we will definitely talk about it. But I didn't want to jump into it without knowing all the details. And I know that it is also kind of evolving currently right, right now. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the Oxford High School shooting. As did I, Yes. On Tuesday, a student at Oxford High School in Oxford, Michigan, opened fire during the school day, killing four students and wounding seven others. So he was apprehended without incident at the scene. Um, At the time the authorities arrived to the scene, two students, 14-year-old Hannah St. Juliana and 17-year-old Madison Baldwin, had already died from their injuries. 16-year-old Tate Meyer passed away in a patrol car as deputies were rushing him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And 17-year-old Justin Schilling, who was in critical condition at the time authorities arrived on the scene, died the following morning in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and of those wounded, there were seven wounded. Three are currently in critical condition. Yeah. Uh, They were saying that there are also three that are now in stable condition and the teacher that was wounded was grazed in the shoulder but was actually able to be released pretty immediately from the hospital within the same day. Thank goodness. Um, There's a lot going on right now with the beginning of the investigation. A lot of, uh, not really even rumors, but a lot of kind of news being spread about this whole case this whole incident um especially right now there's a lot going around about how before the shooting there were a lot of rumors being spread that were prompting some students to stay home on the day of the shooting and also there have been reports that days before the shooting and actually within hours of the shooting teachers had made reports about the gunman's behavior and had uh spoken with the gunman's parents about the behaviors and such 
Uh, right. A, a lot of this stuff is being kind of kept under wraps. But right. what we do know for sure is that the night before the shooting, um, he got on social media, got on Instagram, right. and he put up a countdown clock with the caption, now I am death, destroyer of worlds, see you tomorrow, Oxford. Mm. So obviously, extremely ominous. Obviously, this was a premeditated act. Right. Um, and authorities in the prosecution have said that they have uncovered a lot of very disturbing evidence and what they've said is that despite that evidence he was still allowed to go to class which would indicate that yes it is something that the school had been notified about or right. were aware yeah, of yeah and the parents were notified and aware of as well and the parents may also kind of be under fire a bit because of the father and the weapon that his son had on the day of the shooting, I guess this was, uh, I'm going to sound like such an idiot when I try to use gun speak, but it's a nine millimeter SIG Sauer 2022 semi-automatic handgun. And I guess it was purchased by the father on Black Friday. And there is some sort of like responsibility and gun ownership laws in that state that would have the father be somewhat responsible for the fact that his minor child used his gun to shoot up the school. Right. I mean, and from what I read, The Independent has a really great article that is being constantly updated with new information. Which those are so Um, hard for me to keep up with sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, it's so much information yeah, it is like nine pages. Yeah. <laughs> so because it is being updated constantly. Uh, but they did say that we don't know if this Black Friday purchase of this weapon was purchased for the son or if it was purchased for uh, the parents, like if they bought it for themselves or if it was a gift for this 15-year-old, which this is America. It very well could have been a gift uh, for him. We don't know that. But we do know that the parents could face legal consequences. They have not been charged with anything yet, but that doesn't mean um, that they won't be charged. Right. So the gunman was arraigned on homicide and attempted homicide charges after he was arrested. And the following day he was charged with terrorism causing death, first degree murder and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony and has been charged as an adult. And he also pled not guilty, which is, Simply wild to me, especially since there already seems to be a lot of evidence of premeditation on top of what Keegan just discussed about the social media post. I don't know if this had to do with another social media post, but investigators found two videos on the gunman's phone that were made the night before the shootings where he talked about shooting and killing students in the high school. They also found a journal where he spoke about his desire to shoot up the school and murder students. Um, and a lot of these things I feel like are such, it, it's, it's almost the same story told with different characters each time when we talk about these vendettas that we find, uh, that we find out about afterwards after these shootings that these people right. hold against other people. And usually it has to do with some sort of like manifesto or social media or mm-hmm. 4chan or, you know, something like that. And it seems so unbelievably repetitive to me and and that's almost what's so scary about it because we continue to share these same stories over and over again of the same type of gunman who is going into these schools and killing people yet nothing seems to be changing no matter how repetitive these stories are 
Right. And I imagine that you are correct. I imagine that um, this was some form of extremism. Typically, it is right wing. It is a branch of incel mindset. I mean, you've got a 15 year old, you know, high school white white boy. boy. You know, there is kind of things that come to mind with that. Right. In in fairness, though, we don't know his motivation. It hasn't been... um, it hasn't been revealed yet. They haven't released that information. But yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, it fits the MO of a very particular type of of killer. Um, and yes, n- nothing ever seems to happen. Right now, I know that Democrats are using this to push for stronger gun legislation, mm-hmm. as is always the case right. after a, a tragedy like this. For that like good this. week afterwards or so. Which, to be honest, like, I haven't, yes, I heard a lot about this. I've seen a lot of things about this, but it hasn't been, like, shootings in the past. I don't know if it's because it didn't have as high, and this, sorry, forgive me yeah. for how this is about to sound, but it doesn't have as high a body count yeah. as Parkland or uh, or something like that, or a shooting like that. Right. But, Well, and that's kind of the, the horrible truth of it all. You know, that's, uh, the media wants the gory or the unbelievably sad, you know what I mean? And I think that the higher body count is what draws more and more viewers to these certain media things, which is unbelievably wrong, which is why we don't practice that same thing. But, you know... But nothing happens either way. So it doesn't even matter, because it's just like, nothing's going to happen regardless. Like, whether or not the media is up in arms or not, whether or not it's all we can see and all we can talk about on social media or not, the outcome is the same. Like, there's never anything done about this. We're not addressing the root cause of the problem um, ever, which, I mean, is is several fold. And we've discussed that many times. There isn't just just, one simple solution to end all school shootings, you know. Just gun laws. It's not just mental health. It's not just the extreme radicalization of white teenagers on the internet. It's a bunch of things. It's all of those things. Yeah, it's that perfect storm of everything coming together. And I think also just a lot of, you know, different things through history and technology tying into that. And, you know, there's so many different things that go into what has made this type of killer. And But it really is so unbelievably frustrating to be telling these similar stories over and over and over again. And and we have given this sentiment on the show before where it, it really is just like you, you feel so, so deeply for the victims and their families. And you, you see that there can be more changes made that just aren't being made. And it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's hard as well, because what should just be a straight out tragedy? I mean, if you remember kind of, I remember I was only seven, I think at the time. Uh, but I actually remember leaving for school on the day that Columbine happened. We had the TV on and we were leaving for school. What year was that? And it was 90. I think it was 97, wasn't it? I was in kindergarten. So I don't think I remember that day. I do. I do remember it because I, I remember it pretty vividly. We were leaving for school and the TV was on. My mom was getting ready to drive us to school. And I remember how shocked and horrified everybody was. Yeah. You know, across the board, it was something that was shocking and horrifying. And now it does feel 
it feels so partisan yeah. and it, it feels so partisan. Well, like, because it's like, it's been so politicized. And I think of Parkland too with that. I mean, when all of the, what was it? The trauma actors or what were they called again? Mm-hmm. Is that what they were yeah, called? Crisis, crisis actors. actors, you know, everything like that, where it was never really about the issue. It was always about something else. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, and that started with Sandy Hook, which is extremely upsetting because you're talking about, kindergartners you're talking about elementary school kids you know but I I think about you'll notice that we have not said the shooter's name throughout this yeah we tend to to try not to do that uh but I remembered looking at this yesterday when I was getting started on my notes and not being able to find his name had been released but I hadn't been able to find any pictures of him at that time not that I was looking but it was just something that I noticed and then the first picture I did see of him was from the New York Post, uh, which is, a, I would say, right-leaning, typically. And the New York Post, the picture they decided to release of this, of this kid um, was him as a kid. It was not him as a 15-year-old. It yeah. was him as like an 8-year-old with his hands in prayer position in front of his, in front of his body. Like, li- like literally, break. it looked like he was at church. Right. It was like an it's eight-year-old like his first at church. communion or something like that. It was Ugh. just so shocking to me because that felt so calculated to me that this is the image that you are choosing to put up of this murderer, right? You know, this terrorist. Yeah. Like he has been charged. He's literally with terrorism. been charged with terrorism. Which I believe I didn't write this down, but I, if I remember from my notes correctly, it's the first time that that charge has come down on a school shooter. Which is an interesting thing as well. It's interesting. I think it's a step in in the right direction. Well, it's and, naming it um, what it fucking is. You know what I mean? Right. So let's explain that terrorism charge a little bit. So the terrorism charge comes under Michigan's 2002 anti-terrorism law, which was enacted in the wake of the 9-11 attacks. And it defines a terroristic act as one intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population or to affect the conduct of a government through intimidation or coercion. So the prosecutor says that the terrorism charge in this case refers to the students, family, and community experiencing a feeling of insecurity and trauma in the wake of the attack. Definitely. And Oakland County Sheriff Mike Bouchard said he 100% backs the terrorism charge. And he went on to say, if you weren't hit by a bullet, it doesn't mean you weren't terrorized that day Mm. and won't have nightmares about it for the rest of your life. Wow, yeah. Whether you're a parent, a teacher, or a student in that class. And I think that that's true. I mean, this was meant to terrorize this community. I actually, that brings up a podcast that I listened to earlier this year, I think in the summer I listened to it. It's did you ever listen to um, Confronting OJ? No, I didn't. Oh my goodness, it's so good. Uh, Kim Goldman, Ron Goldman's sister, uh, hosts the podcast, and it's it's unbelievably moving. She is fantastic, and she's continued that series. And there was one uh, season called Confronting Columbine, where a student who was a basketball player who lost her basketball coach during the tragedy. Uh, goes back and does a lot of research about, you know, things she remembers, what she doesn't remember, gaps in her memories, talking with other students, professionals, um, you know, things like that, that it's so fascinating, especially because she was somebody that didn't necessarily see anything. You know, she wasn't, you know, her, her basketball coach died, but it wasn't like she wasn't treated like a victim 
in the same way that I think a lot of other people did, but she had this like trauma and this baggage that followed her. And I think that when we're talking about that terrorism charge, I, I think of that show because it's talking about how everybody that was there that day or even the kids that stayed home from school that day have dealt with extreme cases of PTSD and depression and anxiety through their lives because of this one day, you know, it, well, it is your feelings huge, of safety yes. are, you know, when you're a kid, you feel safe in places where adults tell you you should be safe. Yes. Right. So school is definitely one of those places. How do you ever feel safe again anywhere? You know, uh-huh. I have my um, coworker actually, and she's disabled. So she was at physical therapy, which she goes to once a uh, week. She walks with um, supports. So crutches kind of. Yeah. But they're like adhered to her forearms. And she was at physical therapy a couple weeks ago and some guys came in with guns and made everybody get on the floor. And you're talking about physical therapy. It's a lot of elderly people. It's a lot of people recovering from injuries, disabled people. Very vulnerable people. Right, right. right. They're not people who would easily be able to escape a situation like that. And, you know, I talked to her afterwards. We got on kind of like a FaceTime call and... She was very traumatized yes. by by that experience. And I just can't imagine. I think it's hard. I think we're all living with some low level trauma as Americans who experience gun violence on this scale all the time. It is kind of a running joke, for lack of a better word, that Americans are always like, when you go into a place, make sure you know where all the exits are. Yeah. Make sure you can like see things because we are all like low key traumatized by the idea that we could be in a place where somebody could just come in with a gun at any time yeah um so i absolutely believe that we need to start treating crimes like this as acts of terrorism Mm -hmm. especially if the motivation is political which again we don't know but it wouldn't be surprising to me no it wouldn't be surprising to me either i do want to share one Somewhat silver lining, because let's just say that's the theme of the show today. There is one thing that I saw on Instagram today that the page Impact posted about Tate Meyer, who was one of the victims of this shooting. Tate lost his life in an attempt to disarm the shooter, and to honor him, a petition was signed with over 130,000 signatures to rename the Oxford football stadium Tate Meyer Stadium. And there were some tweets that went along with this Instagram post that... I think kind of encapsulate what Tate meant to a lot of the people at that school. One user wrote, Tate is the face of Oxford football. He will be missed and we need to do something to recognize him. This is that thing. Another writes, Tate was the staple of the attitude that is Oxford football. He would come in early every day working his butt off. He was always caring and kind to others. I'll miss you, Tater. Yeah. So I have a little bit about each of the victims. Um, Tate Meyer was a star varsity football player. Um, He was also an excellent student. He was on the um, honor roll. He was an honor student. And Madison Baldwin was 17 and she was a senior. She was expected to graduate this year. She was an artist who loved to draw, read and write Mm. and was the eldest of three siblings. Hannah St. Juliana was 14. Mm. She was a talented basketball player who was described as passionate and dedicated to the game. 
She was a freshman at Oxford, and so Tuesday night would have been her debut game <gasps> with the team. Oh, no. They've dedicated their season to her. Um, Justin Schilling, who died the next day, mm-hmm. he was 17. He was the co-captain of a local bowling team. Oh, honey. And has been described as bright, a devoted friend, and a pleasure to be around. There has been a GoFundMe campaign that was launched for the families of the victims. And I was surprised by this. But as of this recording, they had only raised a little over $7,000 of their $90,000 goal. Oh, wow. Well, we will be putting um, that on blast. Yeah, yeah. We can put that in our show notes if anyone is willing and able to donate, even if it's just a little bit. Or even just to share or just share, yeah, because yeah, I know times are tough. It's it's hard out there. But if you can even get the word out, just because I cannot imagine unexpectedly losing any family member, let alone a child or a sibling. No. Um, also, people tend to not think about people of this age passing away. So there's not things like life insurance in place that will cover funeral expenses. Right. There are so many logistical things that go into death that I think that many of us don't consider until we're in that position. And it really is so hard on so many families to lose a loved one unexpectedly. And so it, it really is important for anybody who's able to be able to help those those families right now. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Oh, um, well, I know we're running pretty long, uh, but I did want to talk about Omicron real fast. (laughs) Okay. I know, I know, but I I really feel like it's kind of been on everybody's mind over the last week, especially as we gear up to go into the holidays. You know, we've been kind of loosening up about things like we had our Friendsgiving this year. We didn't do it last year, uh, but people are feeling better. We've got, we've got our vaccines, we've got boosters, right? Like everyone is feeling a little bit better about getting together. But you know, another year, another COVID variant. Right. And what's the, I keep wanting to call it a terminate transformers. That's the word I'm looking for. Omicron just makes me think of a transformer every single time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, it's, it's Omicron, but I don't know if it's like, if that's how you say it, or if it's 
Omicron? I don't oh know my exactly. Omicron? I don't know. Uh, but We gotta make it a little variant, fun, right? Gosh, look, I mean, we're barely hanging in there. My, oh man, I, I'm not even going to talk about it Listen. on this podcast, but my Spotify wrapped, that is the Spotify of an unwell human being. Like, I had a rough 2021 clearly i mean like, honestly my spotify wrapped always looks like that of a fucking insane person which is why i don't post it because i have the weirdest songs on my spotify that i love my number one artist was bo burnham because i listened to the inside soundtrack so many Keegan, times you and every single um, one of my friends like is it um is it me like am I We're doing? Okay. Am I doing this no, to my friends? Because, because literally everybody is like, "Madigan, what's wrong with me? Madigan, what's wrong with me?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm sorry." <laughs> listen, listen. I, I. It's not okay. Like at all. Like we're not okay. Anybody who has Bo Burnham as their number one, we, we struggled. Okay, clearly, obviously. <laughs> anyway, um. I was it was I was in the top three percent of listeners to Bo Burnham this year. It's a mess. That, okay, that is crazy. Uh, so the, let's talk Omicron here. The variant was first identified in Botswana, though, and I wanted to make this very clear. That does not mean that it started there. I'm already seeing people using this as an excuse to be racist on the internet. Okay, people, and, did um, we learn nothing? Gather around. No, we didn't. Gather around. We didn't. And if anything, it's gotten worse. Um, I'm not having it. So from what I've read, it's very likely that this variant started in Europe and Southern Africa was just the first to ring the alarm. Right. Like they were the first ones to be like, hey, we're seeing our numbers go up. So, you know, we've identified this variant. Right. It has now been identified in at least 35 countries with the first confirmed case in the U.S. cropping up in California on Wednesday. It has now been detected in Minnesota, Colorado and New York. A new variant really shouldn't surprise any of us. This was to be expected since we have yet to reach herd immunity. It's going to continue to mutate. We're going to continue to get variants. Still, it's good to know what to look out for. So, so far, the cases appear to be minor and um, not life-threatening. However, it appears as though a past coronavirus infection um, gives very little immunity to this new variant. So people like Aaron Rodgers, who are saying that they're like the most protected because they've had it before. Fuck you, Aaron um, Rodgers. Yeah, they can just straight shut the fuck up because <laughs> that's not how this variant right. is going to yeah. work. I mean, even then, you still should have been vaccinated. Because this variant has heavily mutated from the original, scientists fear that it could be more contagious or the most contagious one yet and is already the most dominant form of the virus in South Africa. Mm. So that's how quickly it has spread. Um, Experts in Europe say that it could be the most dominant form in Europe by the end of the week. As far as vaccine effectiveness goes, scientists are still working to determine how effective the current mRNA vaccines are against the new strain, but are hopeful that with a booster shot, as well as maintaining other safety measures, such as masks and social distancing, we'll be able to keep this thing at bay. But, you know, if you haven't gotten your booster yet, I haven't. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah, I have to make my appointment this week. So this is a reminder to me and everybody else that make your appointment. Yeah, a lot of places... 
are doing walk-ins yeah. a lot. So there's a place like, for instance, by me here at the mall, you can just walk in. Um, and actually at Ralph's by me from like 1 to 5 p.m., you can just walk in. That's amazing. So, yeah, a lot of places are doing um, walk-in boosters. And yeah, this is your reminder to do that sooner rather than later, especially if you have holiday plans. That's what I was going to say, especially if you're going to be traveling for the holidays and seeing your friends and family, you know, make sure you're vaccinated and those in your life who are open to it are doing the same (laughs) to make sure that everybody is staying protected. Hoy, oy vey. Well, I had more to talk about. I do have something that I really, really would love for us to discuss, especially because it was a listener-suggested topic, but I will hold on to it for next week. It's still going to be very important, I'm sure. Um, So I think that's all we're going to cover for today, correct? Yeah, that's all I've got. I will give you all one more reminder that we have our merch store open. So if you would like to purchase anything, in particular, our amazing Slay the Patriarchy holiday sweater that Keegan designed, it is only available for a limited time. So go to the link in our bio on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist and check out the designs there. I didn't really know how I want to finish that sentence. I just kind of went with it. Um, it worked. Thank you. Thank you. As always, if there is anything that you would like for us to cover on the show, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can find our business page where you can rate and review us and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And last but not least, it means the absolute world to us when you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. It truly does brighten our days and it helps us so, so much. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to To rage on. on. Bye. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.